Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to TMZ Live, Charles here. Jacob here. So uh, Harvey's out today, thanks for uh, stepping in. Uh, big day for TI, and uh, some good things and some bad things. Um, during the Atlanta Falcons game yesterday, TI was one of the featured performers as they celebrated, Atlanta was celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop. That's the positive, but after this performance, which was incredible, he was in a luxury suite sitting with his family, including his son King. And the topic, which we've talked about a lot, a lot of people have talked about this year, uh, topic of Nepo babies came up. And it's very clear that his son King does not want to be put in that category uh, and ended up getting into a very heated dispute uh, with T.I., with Tiny, about that very subject. Uh, one that got so heated, it actually got physical. Here's a little bit of what happened in this week. certainly seems like it got physical between T.I. And, and King. Um, but what he was saying is that he didn't want to be living behind the gates in a gated community with T.I. and Tiny. He wanted to be out in the streets. And, and, and that's the image he's trying to pro mm -hmm. say there. But obviously, his parents don't feel the same way. Yeah, and the question is, why does he feel so much shame in it? I think the term Nepo baby is breaking people's brains. There's nothing that people feel worse about than being called a Nepo baby because in our country, I think we've been taught that there's nothing more valued than hard work. And then when you're being called a Nepo baby, it just strips all of that away from you. And he wants to feel that he's self-made like his dad and therefore doesn't want to make it seem like he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. I, 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 I don't get it. It doesn't take anything. Look, he's on a VH1 television show. It doesn't take anything away from King. Just... It's one of those things, Jacob. I, I don't understand it either. I, I, I don't understand the shame. Like, your father is one of the uh, the most the successful best, rappers right, of all time. Yeah, of all yeah. time. I mean, right. There, there's a reason he's there. Yesterday puts on this awesome performance at, at the Falcons game. I mean, he's there celebrating 50 years of hip hop. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I do understand it. I, I understand probably why King is saying it. But uh, at the same time, I mean, gosh, there's so many people I would kill to be in his position. And it's interesting that he wants to make that point, but also... At the same time, T.I. and Tiny clearly want to make the point that, no, you were raised. I mean, that's what they're saying is that, no, you yeah, did have a silver spoon. 
right? To say right. he's got a whether or not that I don't know if that's true or not, or they're exaggerating, right. but to have a pacifier until you're 12 years old, hard to stand that on business part, by with the a way, pacifier in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, that part seemed a little bit extra. Like, I mean, <laughs> you can make the point, but then that did seem like you were trying to like kind of shame him a little bit. I don't know if it's true or not, but just to even say it, and there's a part of it where King says, everybody's drinking too much, everybody's drunk, and maybe alcohol did play a role in it, but that just felt like you were really jabbing at the kid when you say, right. Yeah, I think I think Charles clearly everyone got mad. It's one of those situations we've all been there. You start having this talk and it starts off as fun, but obviously at the end everyone was clearly very upset. This weekend probably a lot of us have been there when you're hanging out with family mm-hmm. and people start talking smack and then one Especially person takes now, it very Especially now, Charles, right? With all of the things going right. on in the world, and you start having a conversation and it yeah, it goes to a little bit of a touchy place. So yeah, I, I think that was definitely the situation here. This is Killer Fame from L.A. In my opinion, um, I never knew Nepo. Nepo was a, um, a time of use for these kind of kids, but the thing is, he's clearly been raised in a good situation, and T.I. worked really hard for him to get him that way. And a lot of kids who fall in their, fall, in their father's footsteps, especially with rapping, feel that to procreate a street image. And that's something that I feel that as T.I. doing the work he did, that he's not going to let his son procreate that image like he was a street kid that he did not that he needed to do things that he didn't have to do. That's 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 the thing that I feel that people need to get real. That he did grow up in that in that situation where he was treated great, silver spoon. And whether they try to push that image different, that narrative is not gonna be taken yeah. by your parents. Yeah, I think you're right. Ti doesn't want people thinking that he, in some way, some people would see it as neglected his child when they obviously did have means. And the fact that. King wants to make it seem like he was living out in the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, T.I. did not uh, take kindly to that, obviously. So much so they end up getting into a physical fight. But hopefully today, cooler heads will prevail. They'll talk it out and everything will be fine. But uh, a very heated moment yesterday. All right, uh, let's move on to um, Kim Kardashian and what is now very clear a career path that she is choosing. And that is to be an actress. Uh, so much so, she actually is producing a film where she is going to be the lead actress, um, and she's got some some heavy hitters writing the script with her uh, for her. And it was such a hot commodity. We found out this weekend that it was being shopped around town. There was a bidding war to get this film, and Netflix has won. It's a comedy. Um, called uh, The Fifth, Fifth Wheel. Wheel. Right. The Fifth Wheel. And the people who wrote this are SNL writers, and you'll recall that last year Kim Kardashian hosted SNL, and she also had a cameo. Former SNL writer. Yes, right. and, and she also had a cameo in American Horror Story. And let's face it, when you're a new actress, I think comedy is a lot easier to be in compared to dramas or maybe horror films. So it seems like she's going to be the main vehicle here. And let's face it, from the writers and producers' point of view, it's hard to get things greenlit these days. And in order to do so, you need a big star attached. So by having Kim Kardashian yeah. at the helm of all this, they're going to be able to make it happen. That's why I don't think they were afraid to spend the money, too, because it was uh, Netflix's mid-budget team that picked this up. So that goes anywhere from about $30 million to $80 million. You know if Kim's involved, people are going to watch. She got a lot of positive feedback recently on America horror story so that risk for netflix they have the money to flex there so here's the one part with having kim as the lead it makes me wonder who they get to co-star with her right Mm -hmm. because brad i i think there is always there's always this sort of stink on reality stars in town where 
TV and film actresses didn't want to do things with reality stars. And Kim has done other acting bits, so it's clear she's serious about it, so maybe it won't be a problem. But I'm just wondering, you know, when they start trying to cast the other roles, is that going to be a positive or a negative for them to get who they want? I, I don't know. I have a feeling, like you kind of said, she's shown that she's serious. Not only that, if things go well and you have fun with Kim Kardashian, you've made a new friend and she's one of the most famous women in the world, right? So that's kind of a positive, too, some may look at it as. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious how Hulu feels about it because, of course, the Kardashians, her main reality show, is on Hulu. Meanwhile, now her big film debut is going to be on Netflix. I wouldn't be too happy if I was. Yeah, well, then Kim probably says, well, you should have just paid more, <laughs> uh, assuming that they were part of the bidding. But, yeah, that's a good point. Doesn't look good for Hulu. Hey, it's Pez in Nashville. I think this is going to work out pretty well, and I think I don't think they'll have any issue getting people to want to act in it because of the, the fan base that Kim Kardashian has. If you're if you're an actor, that can only up your exposure. So I'm sure this is going to work out just fine for whoever gets cast in the movie with her. Well, we will see. Um, I mean, they're going to get people. It doesn't matter do they get their first choice or do they have to go to the second choice. We'll see. Um, real quick, got to tell you something about Shakira. We told you last week she had settled that um, tax fraud case in Spain for just around $20 million she ended up paying in penalties and the back tax. Turns out there is another investigation now, according to a report in Spain, where they're investigating her for 2018 unpaid taxes, uh, and that's already cost her another little bundle. Actually, it's a lot of money for most people. For, for Shakira, maybe not so much. Yeah, I mean, it's a ton of money for an ordinary person. She had to put up another $7.2 million. It's unclear whether this is sort of a bond as a placeholder for money she may owe or if it's a settlement un into itself. If it is a settlement, it'll look like a total of $34 million to settle these tax years of, you know, 2012 to 2014. Now this is a 2018 issue. It looks like it's all coming home to roost, so she's having to come up with a lot of money. And who knows what they're going to find in 2019 and in 2020. And I Once understand they start looking at, you know, they look, the first, the first case was three different years. Mm -hmm. Once they start looking at those, they're going to look at every single year. And if you haven't paid, you're going to be screwed. Now, here's the good news, though. She's worth an estimated $300 million, so she can cut the check for these, but it's still, it stinks. Well, and also, in addition to her losing money, just think about from a public image perspective, are people really going to want to partner with her? If she's known oh, for yes. all this tax of evasion? They, of course they will, because she's more, still more, known more for her music than the tax fraud. There's no artist who's going to be like, oh, I'm not working with Shakira because she had to pay a little more in taxes. Well, maybe as this ripples on, who knows what they're going to find down the line. I'm not so <laughs> sure. So we talked about the Nepo Baby <laughs> uh, label with T.I. Um, it came up again this weekend with Beyonce and Blue Ivy. Um, and a lot of people had, you know, that obviously during the Renaissance tour, Blue Ivy was on stage with mom. She was one of the dancers. And initially, there were a lot of people, not a lot of people, but there were some Nepo baby haters who said that she didn't deserve to be on the stage. And Beyonce saw that. It turns out that she had some strong feelings about it. Um, she talked about it with the New York Times, Beyonce did. And she said um, that initially, she saw all the people who were hating on her. And she's like, you know what? This was just going to be a one-off. Um, but she actually turned out as she stayed on stage and Beyonce says she was incredibly proud. This is her in May when the tour started. Kind of stiff, right? But what Beyonce said is she was incredibly proud of the fact that she wanted to stay on stage, Blue Ivy did. And you can see the incredible 
improvement. And what Beyonce says, she put in the work. And can we note the fact that she is 11 years old? I mean- I always I, forget that. It's pretty yeah. remarkable. And I feel like Blue Ivy is the antithesis of what everyone considers when they think of Nepo babies. They think right. of people who don't have grit and who have no resilience. But she looked at the comments for herself and think about how overwhelming that must be as an 11 year old seeing all this hate. Which and is why I think Beyonce wanted to protect her, sort of mm -hmm. like, you, you shouldn't get into this world because once you get up on stage, all the, that's what you're gonna get. Mm -hmm. And she yeah. got it and she actually responded and did the work very clearly. It's gotta be a proud moment for Beyonce and for Jay-Z, considering where it started and what the reaction was. Because I remember by the end of the tour, the comments that people were leaving, I saw were incredibly positive about Blue Ivy's performance. Yeah, and you guys, like you said, it was only supposed to be a one-off and she was there night after night performing. And she was honestly, when Blue Ivy would come out on the stage, there's videos of everyone in the crowd screaming for her because of how well she was doing. The criticism she was getting, you know, it was split down the middle. You know, some people were outraged that she was getting criticized because she is 11 years old. However, some people felt like, you know, when you are the daughter of Beyonce and Jay-Z, you're already a celebrity in itself. So that kind of comes with the territory of like, you deserve 100% yeah. of that flack because you stepped into the spotlight. It's fair game when it comes with the territory when you are a celebrity. Yeah, but just looking at this video right now, I mean, I wouldn't even be able to tell that this isn't a professional dancer. I think like, if Blue Ivy is well, this at, at this 11, point, imagine what she's gonna be doing 10 years from now. I think remarkable. at this point you have to call her a professional dancer. She did an entire tour uh, mm -hmm. around the world with her mother and performed every night. Um, so kudos to her. Um, by the way, that tour, which is, is over now, but they made a concert film of the Renaissance tour, just like Taylor Swift did with hers. Uh, had the premiere this weekend. Um, lots of people showing up. I think most notably, uh, the members of Destiny's Child mm -hmm. uh, were all there. And, um, and Beyonce, this was interesting. I, I thought it was interesting. She doesn't do a lot of like, even at her own event, she didn't make a big public entrance. It was actually, sort of a private entrance. And these were the only photos uh, that we've seen that were taken. Donatella Versace posted some. Another, I think a makeup artist posted some. And a lot of people had comments about Beyonce looking more like a Kardashian than herself. I don't know if that's fair. I think maybe it's the platinum blonde mm -hmm. hair that's kind of throwing people off. Um, but a lot of comments, if you look on the post, where people felt like she was Lighter. It felt like her skin color was lighter, exactly. I mean, I think it has to do with her makeup as well as the the blonde, bright, bright blonde hair that she has, as well as I think they lightened her eyebrows. So makeup does wonders. We've seen it with a lot of people. It changes the way that you look. And I think this might have just been one of those moments where the hair was not doing her any, right. any good. Mm -hmm. Can we also note the most notable absent person from all of this? Taylor Swift. Taylor yeah, Beyonce, count, though. But, but I should say, Beyonce was at Taylor Swift's uh, opening night for her movie, and a lot of people noticed that, and we're calling Beyonce out for her not being, for Taylor not being present at Beyonce's movie. Taylor does have a good excuse. She was though. working. She, yeah, she was working. She was performing in Brazil, so she a good excuse. I'm sure Beyonce <laughs> understands. Hi, Shrew. Girl, Linnell LS, aka Miss Babs, here um, from Oakland. And my take on the whole thing, I just want to say I'm proud of Blue Ivy taking the criticism and not giving up and taking that and working, you know, on the criticism and basically working on being better. So kudos to her. And congratulations to Beyonce um, of the premiere of the Renaissance Tour movie. All right. Uh, moving on to Diddy, who continues to face. Uh, renewed criticism after settling the Cassie lawsuit. There are now two more accusers who have come forward and filed lawsuits 
uh, in New York State uh, against him. The third one is really uh, a woman who is alleging that uh, she was raped by Diddy and also uh, singer Aaron Hall back in, she says, either 1990 or 91. And much like Cassie's, this lawsuit has a lot of detail uh, that makes people look at it and think, hmm, is there something here? And, and that's people were still saying that about the Cassie lawsuit when these other two lawsuits came up uh, on Thursday and Friday that the, those were filed. So it's very clear that this is going to be something Diddy has to continue to face, whether it be in court or just in the court of public opinion, where people are wondering about these accusers and wondering if what they're saying here is true. Now, Diddy has denied the allegations, just as he did with Cassie, uh, denied it in case of these, the two new lawsuits. And in fact, uh, his attorney, in responding to this, uh, or a spokesperson, made a reference to what's behind uh, these lawsuits being filed in New York. They said, uh, this, these are civil suits with fabricated claims of misconduct from over 30 years ago, which are nothing but a blatant money grab. Mr. Combs is being unfairly targeted by anonymous accusers who lie for financial gain. The New York legislature never intended the Adult Survivors Act to be exploited. So we should explain that, that Adult Survivors Act, uh, the deadline for that was on Friday, November 24th. Yeah. So this was something New York did to give uh, sexual assault victims a avenue who, who were victimized years ago, or allegedly victimized years ago, to come forward now, they give them a one-year period in which to resurface old claims that typically would be barred by the statute of limitations. So that deadline by which to take advantage of this law expired uh, on Friday. Uh, and so the, the, you're seeing that that's sort of a cause these these two women, not to say anything about their claims, we just don't know, but caused them to come forward exactly at the time they did was we had Cassie come forward and they felt that it was now their time to come forward. Diddy's counsel says it's a money grab. Well, civil suits are always about money. That's not yeah. really have anything mm -hmm. to do with the underlying merits or, or lack thereof that are the case. We just have to let it play out. But the fact that, that it's a money grab, every lawsuit every is civil about lawsuit, money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is about money. And, and to the point of that, the deadline of that, uh, there were also suits late last week filed, one against Jamie Foxx, um, Axel Rose, mm -hmm. uh, and even the New York Mayor uh, Eric Adams. So... And in all those cases, uh, the accused have denied the allegations, but that's why you were seeing so many of these lawsuits uh, toward the end of last week. But going forward now, Diddy's got to deal with, um, you know, does he go to court and fight these, or does he settle it, and what does that say to the public if he does settle it? So um, we'll see. Hey, this is Hefe from Memphis, Tennessee. I feel like th uh, things happen, accusations are in the air. Um, we'll never know if it actually happened because it's, it was so long ago and it's pretty much like a he say, she say thing. So, and of course, it, it, there's going to be other accusers that come out and say, you know, this, this happened and that happened, but we'll never, you know, the truth may never come out. It is going to be interesting to see the other person who said that he has information is former head of security for Diddy. He's named um, in Cassie's lawsuit, which has been settled, but because his name was brought up, he said that he wants to come forward and tell his story, although he has not said anything yet. A lot of people will tell you it was just a matter of time before it happened, and now it's uh, much closer to happening. Harry and Meghan, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, uh, moving to Hollywood, or I should say back to Hollywood, uh, since they did live here for 
couple of months in 2020 before they moved up the coast to Montecito, but now they're serious about coming back here. A story that I worked on was I was told from a reliable source that Harry and Meghan want to be in Los Angeles because, frankly, they're ready to get back into show business. And as we've seen in the past couple weeks, they've been going out to a ton of different events. And while they were looking in Malibu, we're being told that that's kind of too far away. They want to be in the heart of the city, maybe closer to Hollywood, where the events are. And just aside from being closer to the parties, we also know that Malibu I think it's is so kind of far away. Parties, well, but, but, but they're also at big... They, they've been at red carpet events. events. Right, it's to be yeah. at events because it seems like show business is something they are more serious about mm -hmm. now than, uh, than it seemed before. So it makes sense for them to want to be here in Hollywood. Um, and there are some other signs that at least Megan is very serious about getting back to uh, acting or perhaps producing or both. Uh, so joining us now to talk about this change uh, for Harry and Megan. Mark Borkowski is a, a PR expert uh, over in the UK, uh, has worked with a lot of huge names, um, and he's joining us now to talk about what's in store for Harry and Meghan. Uh, Mark, welcome to TMZ Live. Well, uh, hi there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being with us. So uh, are you surprised about them wanting to make the move now from Montecito, which isn't all that far from Hollywood, it's about an hour and a half away, but to be here and everything that comes with it, um, are you surprised that they are looking to make that move now? I mean, call me an old cynic, but call me a cynical publicist, but I would say <laughs> that the conversation we're having now is a, is a, is a great declaration of what Harry and Meghan wants. And if you're, if you're going to move from Montesina back to LA, that's a great story. And it telegraphs to the whole industry and the community out there that somebody's available for work. Um, Netflix deal hasn't really worked. Spotify deal hasn't really worked. So, you know, let's get back to the knitting. Let's get back to what, you know, Megan does her best, really. And, um, you know, let's use the power of their celebrity allure to get back to the community, the A-list community in Hollywood, who, according to other reports, have sort of slightly shunned them um, because of the noise they've been creating. So do you think, Mark, this is a case where they... You know, they, last year, this, about this time last year, the Netflix uh, docuseries was about to come out, then Spare came out, and that they, they saw that those, both of those projects were kind of polarizing, um, certainly in the UK, um, and even to a lesser extent here in the US, where some people thought it was a beautiful love story, and other people thought, why are you trashing your family? This is awful. So do you think they've just realized Let's stay away from that stuff and let's get back to just either acting or producing or both where people can just either love your project or not, but they're not going to hate on you personally. Yeah, they've got to get away from hate. They've got to get away from throwing sort of hand grenades at, at, at the royal family to generate the type of sort of clickbait. Uh, that hasn't really, um, uh, you know, got them very far, frankly. And look, you know, being back in Hollywood, it's not, it's about building, I suspect, a team around them, a, a type of, a, a team that's going to help them to develop the sort of projects that they want. Um, and uh, you, you're right, you know, there's, you know, it was a bit of a Disney-esque love story, wasn't it, that gradually turned into, you know, a bit of a, a sort of John Carpenter nightmare. And I think people don't want to see Dirty Laundry sort of, you know, you know, uh, you know in the open that, that, that actually takes away from that sort of fairy tale glamour which connected, particularly an American audience, to the narrative. 
But they've also separated themselves from the royal family. So if they're not going to talk about the royal family, they're not going to talk about secrets or bash the family, then what are they going to do? Are they going to talk about politics or sports? Is there even an audience for that? What do you think would be the best path forward? That's an absolutely spot on analysis there because it, it hasn't worked in terms of some of the issues are close to that, and particularly Harry's heart, you know, in terms of the environment, in terms of equality, in terms of minorities, all those sort of things. They haven't found the right context to bring that alive. So therefore, they've got to re-evaluate re what their brand stands for because it's not so much that they reject the royal family. The fact is the royal family has found a way of actually casting them out. And ultimately, you know, we're talking about the business of show, show business here. What is going to make money? Because that's ultimately what they need to do. And if they're going to attract the right partners, the right creators, they've got to actually be generating the sort of income that attracts the best people to their camp. Yeah, they got some big decisions to make uh, here in Hollywood about what kind of content they want to they want to put out there. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for being with us. Really appreciate it, and uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. I, I have a feeling there are going to be some some big big announcements from them in the next uh, I don't know six seven months if they once they get here. Well, you'll know, won't you? You should know <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Mark. All right, um, we are gonna take a break. When we come back, Elon Musk, after last week and all the accusations of anti-Semitism based on that tweet that he liked and then reposted, he is now touring Israel with the prime minister. Is this just PR on Elon's part or is he actually trying to understand what's going on in the war with Hamas? We'll show you what happened uh, during his tour when we come back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Um, if you're if you love Elon Musk, you will view this as him um, doing something to really understand what's going on in the Middle East. If you're a hater of Elon Musk, you're going to say that this is nothing but pure PR because you know last week uh, he was criticized heavily for some things that he had posted on Twitter or X, um, where it certainly seemed like he was espousing a very anti-Semitic theory about what Jews in America want, that they want other minorities to take over white Americans. It was a very twisted thing, but it certainly didn't seem positive toward the Jewish community, and he got a lot of criticism for that. So cut to today, where he is now in Israel uh, with the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, and they are touring um, some of the towns where Hamas uh, on October 7th came in and absolutely either killed everyone or took hostages. Horrific. Um, and he is there now getting a firsthand view of this. So, coming on the heels of that tweet, um, is this a real effort to understand or is it really good PR? So here's the thing, it's 100% PR. I, I don't think Elon or his team announced any other reason for him going other than just to survey it, but it's obviously PR and it's obviously pandering 
uh, because he is facing a lot of backlash for these accusations of anti-Semitism. Not just that tweet that you just mentioned, but obviously on the heels of the Media Matters report that suggested there was pro-Nazi content appearing alongside mainstream advertisements, which then caused like a mass exodus. That's what's really going on here. He's he's bleeding money and he's trying to like recoup that those advertisements. But when, when I, the question is to me, like I, I think everyone sees it as pure pandering and PR. So the question is when someone does this and they're, they're, they do something just for pandering purposes, is that not like distasteful? Like, I don't understand. Like, it's- I know what you're saying, Fabian, why you would view it that way. The other, and because I don't know what started the process of him going over there, mm-hmm. was it the prime minister's office reaching out to him and saying, we want you to understand what's going on here because it sounds like you have a, a, a warped view of what happened on October 7th. So did they invite him or was this him reaching out to them saying, I'd love to tour with you because if it's him reaching out, then yes, that dirt certainly yeah. seems like PR. I don't know the answer to that. It kind of just came out of nowhere. He did tweet, I think earlier today, saying actions speak louder than words. I mean, again, like I'm, I'm glad he's there, I suppose. But again, it, it does seem like PR. And again, it's if it is in fact PR, then it is in fact pandering. And if that's the case, w- why would be, this be seen as like a good thing or a positive yeah. thing? Like you know what I mean? Like it's just that's just the cynic in me talking. But I don't know. Well, and also, and how is it going to change X? Is by him visiting the home where a four-year-old was uh, taken hostage, or by burned buildings and roads? Is he going to change the free speech policies, as he calls it, to X? And another thing I think we should point out, and I'm not trying to miss the point here, but why is his bulletproof vest significantly smaller than everyone else's? So you can see in these photos, Netanyahu has a vest, there's some other people, but his is like Seems barely covering really his torso. Small. Everybody's vest is kind of small, but his is especially small. I think it's because he's sort of a bigger guy. He's like 6'2 and just has a bigger frame, so it looks extra cartoony I guess the on size him. wrong or something before yeah, he arrives? Like, it's like the silver lining of humor, even though it's not a very funny situation, but you know, right. if you want to take a little nugget of humor, there you go. I know Media Matters uh, ran a hit piece to drive away advertisers if you actually read the lawsuit with Elon Musk. But I think the data shows that they actually manipulated the system against him. And I think that Elon Musk is not going to prove that he's anti-Semitic, but that he genuinely just cares for humanity and he's going to see what's happening on the ground. There is another reason for him to be over there. I know there was talk of using his Starlink uh, for communications within Gaza. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe that's part of the reason why he's there. But um, like I said, I think a lot of people made up their mind about Elon Musk. Um, and I don't know that this trip is going to sway them one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, moving on now to uh, Taylor Swift and her world tour, which continues now. She's still in South America, but she did something really special on her latest tour stop. She was performing in Sao Paulo. Um, and there is a family there, a family that has become very special to Taylor. Uh, they are the family members of the young woman who died during her show a couple of weeks ago in Rio. And she reached out, Taylor did, to Anna's family and not only had them at the concert in Sao Paulo, but obviously had a meet and greet with them uh, as they're all wearing shirts with Anna's face on it. A really nice moment. Yeah. Really, really touching, you guys. And if you guys remember, when when she originally passed away just a couple weeks ago, like you said, Charles, Taylor was devastated. She posted a huge, heartfelt message on her social media, um, you know, dedicated to Anna. So it just seems 
totally perfect that Taylor invited them out. They were in kind of like a VIP tent at her show. Uh, by the way, this was the last of Taylor's shows for the year. She doesn't start back on the tour until next year. Her birthday's coming up. I have a lot of things coming up for her. Um, but yeah, a great way to celebrate Anna and end the show for the year. And I think we should note that Anna tragically passed due to overheating. She was in the crowd at one of these shows. This was the show where it was so hot mm -hmm. that she ended up canceling the next night because out of concerns with the temperatures. Yeah. And yeah. while it's very noble and nice that Taylor met her family and invited them to the show, the reason why I think Anna's story became to light was just due to the Swifties. We know the Swifties are an right. incredibly tight-knit community. This was starting to pick up a little bit on social media and then eventually got to Taylor's attention. So it's nice that she's been able to connect yeah. with the family. Tim Susie from the beautiful state of New Hampshire. Taylor Swift did a very nice gesture for the family uh, taking pictures with them and having them in VIP seats and all. I'm sure that's going to help with any negative attention that's surrounding the death of this poor girl. I do hope, however, they find the actual cause of death for this girl. Yeah, I mean, I think going forward, they need to know if it was because of overheating. Mm -hmm. And part of that can be, just be, look, weather, really awful things happen sometimes. But there were people talking about whether access to water. Yeah. And if that's an issue, then hopefully it's something they change going forward. I think two big headlines out of Kanye West's uh, weekend in Dubai. Uh, one, his wife, uh, Bianca Sensori, was there uh, with him, and that sort of refutes some reports that were out there that they were on the outs, that they were breaking up. She had been home in Australia. He wasn't there, but she's back with him in Dubai, and he was there hanging out with Ty Dolla Sign, who we know mm -hmm. he's been working on this album with, mm -hmm. Chris Brown, Lil Durk, and they all ended up on stage together where Kanye performed this song, Vultures. Vultures is the song we told you about last week where we heard while he was working on it, um, someone had recorded this and they leaked it where he's saying he can't be anti-Semitic. I thought that was just something he was working on in the studio and wasn't gonna actually be a song he put out. He actually is putting it out. He performed it uh, on stage with all the aforementioned artists and this was the reaction. Interesting, I don't, the, the reaction from the crowd isn't all that, they don't seem all that amped that Kanye came out. They're loving it. I mean, they're filming him, they, they, they're not yeah, but booing. Like, uh, no, they're not booing, you're right, but there's not like, it wasn't like this surge of cheering when he came out on stage, so. Well, I think, uh, of course we know Kanye West in the past has said that he loves Hitler, that he identifies with Nazis to some extent, but I think the question is now, is where do Lil Durk, Ty Dolla Sign and the people that are collaborating with him and standing next to him, where do they stand in all of this? Well, clearly they're standing with him because you know they're performing with him in at this uh, show. But what's kind of interesting, another little nugget is apparently um, Kanye right now is going back and forth with Little Dirk's uh, recording with his label because I guess there's another song Dirk did with Kanye that he wants to put on his new album. 
uh, the label's refusing to let Dirk do this, and so now he's talking about possibly buying him out of his contract. Kanye's so, talking about buying him out of his contract, of course. Yes. So, so, so he can't get like, that one song, so I'll just buy his whole contract. How about that? Exactly. So it seems like at least little Dirk and obviously Ty Dolla Sign are standing uh, behind Kanye throughout One person who definitely wanted to sort of distance himself a little bit, Chris Brown, uh, was hanging with Kanye over the weekend and obviously was getting some response on social media accusing him of anti-Semitism and Chris went on a rant, as he is known to do, on social media, telling people, don't get me confused with this, I am not anti-Semitic. Uh, in fact, he reminded people that the, he's a member of the, the Piru gang. <laughs> um, he says, I'm not Muslim, I'm not Jewish, I'm, I'm a Piru, don't get twisted, I'm not anti-Semitic. Well, so. Yeah, it seems like he's just trying to get ahead of the narrative here, but because of course Chris Brown is no stranger to backlash. But when you're standing next to someone as they sing, who said things yeah. like that, and then yeah, sings and then is rapping about he's not anti-Semitic because he blanked a Jewish. But it's just I, I don't know why I thought for a second that that wasn't going to be a real song he put out, but obviously it is. And this is uh, Jam Master D of Texarkana. And when is America gonna realize that mental health is a real problem, especially with Kanye? I mean, the only thing he could do worse is root for the Cowboys this year and say they're gonna win something. Okay, there's a disgruntled Cowboys fan, <laughs> um, or maybe just a Cowboys hater. Congratulations in order once again for Paris Hilton and Carter Room, her husband, uh, because they got another baby. Um, it was just back in January when they announced uh, the arrival of their baby boy, Phoenix, and now they have a, a girl uh, named London. Yeah, and we know Paris, uh, she had these both these babies uh, via surrogate. Obviously, we've never yeah. seen her out pregnant, so they came via <laughs> surrogate. Um, once she did make the announcement, though, um, she posted a bunch of videos, and I think this is really cool. She's with uh, her son, Phoenix, who we know there was some issues when she posted a photo of him few weeks ago, and she was really hurt by that backlash, um, which is awful comments about her son, but shared the big news uh, with her son about the new arrival. I love you, Angel. Are you the big brother today? Oh, are you the big brother now? Oh, you gonna watch after your sister? Yeah? No, I love you. Oh, I love you. You guys excited for your new cousin? You have two babies? I have two babies. I'm a big brother. Hi, my name is Erin Geary. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I think this is wonderful for Paris and her husband and her family. I think it's really cool that she was able to, you know, keep the pre uh, keep her pregnancy a secret. I do think she might be a little cautious as far as posting her baby girl London, just because she did get a lot yeah. of backlash from posting the photos of her baby boy. And obviously, people are like, "Oh, well, the baby can't see it," but still, like, he's going to grow up potentially seeing that people are really making fun of him online. Yeah, I and, agree. It's, and it's also just hurtful to the parents. I mean, regardless of the fact he doesn't understand it now. Anyway, um, congratulations to them. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hey, I'm Katherine Vaughn from Memphis, Tennessee. And can we talk T.I. and his messy family drama? You know, it's really unfortunate that his family drama is playing out in the public like it is and streamed online. We all know that T.I.'s had some questionable family choices in the last couple of years. That whole going to the OBGYN with his daughter thing really kind of weirded me out. 
But this with his son, uh, it's just unfortunate. And to have it all out there in the media, um, you know, his kid shouldn't have pushed his mama. Nobody wants to push their mama. That's not a good look. And you heard T.I. saying, I think that's what was upsetting to him is at the end, you heard him saying, you're embarrassing mm -hmm. not only yourself, but the family. So hopefully they can mend fences. Hi, guys. My name is Ashley Bowden. I'm from Long Beach, California. I just want to say as an official member of the Beehive, we are so ready for a Destiny's Child 2024 reunion tour, including the original members, Latoya and Latavia. All the ladies showed up to the Renaissance premiere looking fabulous. They were all serving looks, and we need to see them all on stage again very soon. I mean, it felt like they were kind of hinting towards that a little bit, right? I, I mean, I, they, I don't know no, if it's going to happen, but I why would the they all Beehive show wants up together? It to happen, but they showed up to support her. That doesn't mean they're going to go on tour. So every time that they ever are seen in the same place, that means they're going on tour? Not necessarily, but at a place that public, <laughs> one might think. Far be it from me to upset the beehive. Are you in the camp where you feel like Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck make it seem like they're more in love than they actually are? A little bit, depending on the situation. Hmm. I don't know why people can question it after they took a little trip to do some furniture shopping this weekend, but they gave it a little test ride, right? The sitting on the furniture is one thing. When you start kissing, though, well, but but you, at the same time, you want to make sure that you can yeah, envision but, yourself at home you know, doing what you do public, at home. When they clearly knew there were cameras there, and you're kissing, and maybe you can say it's still a honeymoon stage. It's been over a year now, so it's not technically, but. To me, that says these guys are actually really genuinely in love. I think it's more them thinking, can we kiss on this couch? Does it feel comfortable if we are kissing what on this couch, couch at home? What kind of couch prevents you from kissing? Well, I, I don't know. Sometimes you sit on the couches at the store and you're like, can I watch TV in this couch? I don't know Maybe why you like, hate love Can I sit so in this much. couch? You're too young to be this jaded. Stop I, hating love. I love love. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow.